1: Welcome to the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, June the 8th, Ian Cameron. And yes, we are are here and we have a show even though we have no hockey. Uh, on this Wednesday and uh, that is a surprise in and of itself and a weird awkward feeling to be quite honest with you I mean we've been basically looking at uh, hockey every single day for the most part regular season and playoffs dating all the way back to October so when you have these days late in the playoffs where you got no games it's a bit of a strange feeling an adjustment period if you will uh, to not have any hockey tonight but we still have a show and we still have a guest uh, joining us and we've had a ton of great guests here throughout our Stanley Cup playoff shows here on the the ice guys we have another uh, great guest joining us today pro hockey player calder brooks that's a great hockey name right there calder uh because of course calder trophy uh, of course in the national hockey league calder welcome to the ice guys how are you
0: i'm doing well Uh, thank you for having me
1: yeah absolutely so as we do with our guests joining us on the first time tell us about calder brooks tell us about how you got into hockey how you became got the love for it the passion for it and, and your hockey career and journey up till this point
0: Yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's kind of typical from any Saskatchewan uh, small town kid kind of growing up and putting on the skates at three years old and learning to skate. And then um, just kind of taking it from there. I, I played my minor hockey um, with the Balgoni Prairie Storm, um, who's actually produced, you know, quite a, quite a few guys drafted and into the WHL and then onto um, the NHL. So I played for with that, uh, Minor Hockey Association until uh, Bantam, and then I played with the uh, Pac-Canadians and Midget A here in Regina for two seasons. Um, and then I moved on to play for the Calgary Hitmen in the WHL, who I was drafted by um, out of Bantam. And yeah, that was, a, that was kind of a huge step for me. I was a little bit undersized, and then... Um, like I think when I was drafted, because you're only 14, I was like 5'4, 130 pounds or something. Um, and then so obviously needed to to grow a bit and uh, which I was luckily able to do and um, had a great experience and three years in Calgary I played till I was 19. Um, really, really enjoyed my experience there from just you know getting to play in the saddle dome and being around the flames guys and and we had some very good teams and players and um, just the whole organization was super professional and you know first class everything so that was i was very fortunate to be a part of that organization and then i was traded to the prince albert raiders halfway through that 19 year old year um, just after christmas um, so that was a big change for a lot of different reasons um you know good and bad but you know when i got to Prince Albert, I got to play with um, Dreisaitl and and Morrissey and um, was, you know, very lucky to, to be able to do that. Wow.
1: Leon Dreisaitl. That's, that's, that's big time right there. That's awesome, man.
0: Yeah. Like I, we all knew how, you know, he was going to be like, he was a stud, but I think that year when I was there, he had 105 points and, you know, 60 some games in the dub and but you never know he's gonna go on to to lead almost you know lead the league in, in the NHL in points every year. And putting up century
1: mark and points in in the big show, yeah, the NHL. Unbelievable, yeah.
0: Yeah. So and then, you know, Morrissey Morrissey's doing very well in, in Winnipeg for himself. And then um, yeah, that that twenty year old season, we had like seven guys, I think, scheduled to come back to Prince Albert. So you can only have three and then um I was moved to Spokane, Washington for the chiefs there my 20 year old year. And, and uh, yeah, I loved it there. Um, It was another totally different kind of experience getting to play in the U.S. Um, Spokane was an awesome city getting to play with, with a lot of great guys and, and they're, you know, a super good organization too. So I had a really good experience in the WHL and it um, opened up a lot of doors for me with, with uh, professional hockey and then on the schooling side as well. Um, and then I, I chose to go to school and and get my university, uh, kind of use that package that the WHL provides for us, um, which we're very lucky to have. And, uh, I went to school out in Halifax and St. Mary's for four years and got my business degree. And then I've been, uh, kind of playing pro hockey the last three seasons, um, in a few different spots
1: including most recently Rapid City, uh, ECHL, where you, nearly a point per game for you, Calder, this year. 37 points I'm seeing in uh, 43 games. You're mostly left wing, right? Because you're listed as left wing slash center, but most of your hockey playing career and days have been on the left wing, right?
0: Yeah, it's kind of been – it's almost 50-50, I would oh, say. Oh, really? yeah. Um, yeah, this year I was a center uh, the whole year through and through. I would say I'm almost more naturally a centerman than a left wing. Um, but just with the situations on certain teams and and where the coaches you know see me in the lineup and stuff or how many centers we have, I play both the wing and and center. So it's kind of whatever is uh, going to be better for the team.
1: Yeah, and I know you when you played with Leon and bring him up because obviously with the Oilers, his team uh, just got bounced in four straight games by Colorado. But when you played with Leon, you knew the skill. You know, obviously, he's got everything. He's got the the size. It's hard to get the puck away from him. He's got incredible vision. He can pass the puck as good as anybody. He's got a blistering one-timer. I like how he always usually goes down to one knee, tries to hit, shoot that thing so fucking hard that he's going down to one knee, basically, to shoot it. Uh, but, yeah, he's got the entire package. But did you know he was a pretty damn tough prick, too? I mean, my goodness. The things he dealt with injury-wise in that Colorado series, he had an ankle issue. Going back to the Calgary series, he suffered it in that series. He dealt with that through the entire Colorado series. And I know, like Matt Carey, our previous guest, said they put hyper ice and ice and all this shit uh, that they put up for hockey players on these ankles. And it, you know, at least negates the pain a little bit. Still doesn't take it away completely. The fact he's playing a series against a high-level team like Colorado with an ankle issue And I think he got a slew foot at one in one game during this series, which couldn't have made things any better. And there he is getting hit in the last game where they got eliminated. Calder, he's getting knocked down. He's getting pushed, crunched into the boards. And there he is just willing himself up off the ice, even though he's in obvious pain, getting to the bench, bent over along the bench in severe pain and still going back out there for the next shift. What an absolute warrior like display. From Leon Dreisaitl in that series, just absolute warrior mentality. I'm not coming out of this game. Don't even fucking think about taking me out of this game and out of this series. Is probably what he was saying to Jay Woodcroft. Just an yeah. incredible display of guts, character, heart, pain threshold, pain tolerance, whatever you want to call it. It was pretty amazing to see it from Leon, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, um, I'm not really surprised. I think you know he's just a gamer. He uh, has obviously a tremendous skill set, but um, you know, he, he works his bag off, you know, from when I played with him, which was a long time ago, but, um, you know, just, I think he, all those, all those superstars and just guys at the top of the league or, you know, really anyone at a high level of hockey, like you have to have that work ethic. Um, and then when you have that combined with his, his hockey IQ and just the way he thinks and, and is able to do some stuff on the ice, it's, it's great to see and um yeah it's um it's really it's really impressive to see guys battle through what guys go through in the playoffs and how much they're willing to push through and it's um I think that's one of the best things about the playoffs is there's just that that toughness that you have to have in order to win a championship at really any level and yeah he's a a good example of that
1: Yeah, absolutely. And my fellow Hamilton uh, man, of course, I'm from Hamilton. You can see it in the background. Hamilton Proud, uh, the sign, the Ticat mascot behind me. But uh, Darnell Nurse from my hometown here, Hamilton, Ontario. And what a resilient display of guts from him, too. I mean, playing through what he did, three friggin' playoff series with a torn hip flexor. And he played through it. I cannot imagine the excruciating pain that that guy must've went through. And then to hear people on Twitter, just say what a shitty performance he had uh, in the con. Yeah, he struggled. I get it. Game two was ter- uh, awful for him. It was a tough performance. I get that. But how the hell would you play with a torn hip flexor uh, if you had to go through that uh, on the ice? So cut him some slack. I mean, he's a great defenseman when he's a hundred percent watch out, he's going to be back. Good as new, just like that. You got to give him his props there. In my opinion, for battling through that.
0: I agree. Yeah, that's, I don't think, uh, I mean, I mean, I just think a lot of people probably don't realize how, how big of an impact certain injuries have on your, on your play, and um, obviously your hip flexor with really anything but hockey and, and skating, it's just, it makes things a lot more difficult, and you get it wrapped, and you get treatment and stuff, but it's, you know, there's only so much you can do, and it's really going to limit your play, no doubt.
1: Yeah, no question about that. You mentioned Spokane Chiefs too; that uh, they are a great Western Hockey League team because they always seem to be competing and contending, you know, for Western Hockey League t- championships and you know, buzzing around the Memorial Cup a lot of years. So uh, there's no doubt that's a good program. I'm hoping my team gets there this year. Uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs they're in the OHL uh, championship series right now, but they have work to do. They're down two to one right now to Windsor. So, uh, but still, so only three games. Uh, lots of time to come back, and it's been fun watching some of these guys on the Bulldogs this year. Uh, Arbor Jacki, who's going to be a terrific player, defenseman for the Canadians, probably, and of course, Mason McTavish goes without saying, uh, how good of a player he might be down the road for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. So, you're a Saskatchewan guy, so I got to ask you about this because I'm a CFL fan. CFL starting tomorrow night. Are they as batshit crazy for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as everybody seems to think?
0: Uh, yeah, um. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a new question stadium. is,
1: are you into the rough riders in the CFL? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. My, my family has, has had season tickets for forever, really, since I, I think even before I was a kid. Um, so it's kind of just been one of those things where I would go to, I would go to a decent amount of games when I was younger and kind of home more. Um, but now that I'm gone, I usually catch a couple of games in the summertime. And especially with the new stadium they have now, it's very, very nice. and a lot more enjoyable to, to go to games. They got the Pills Intersection in the one end zone, which is just really a big party. And, um, yep. a lot of young, a lot of young people or, you know, people kind of around my age. So, um, yeah, they're, they sell out almost every game, I think. And it's just, uh, it's kind of really good to see in Saskatchewan. I think rallies behind it, people come from all over to, to watch the games. Um, I wouldn't say I'm one of the biggest fans, but I, you know, I, I definitely root for them, and they're hosting the Grey Cup, I believe, this year. So They are indeed, yeah. Yep. It's uh, obviously a big year for them.
1: And that means if Hamilton plays in the Grey Cup, they'll have zero chance of winning because they never win in Saskatchewan. They never, ever win uh, in sa- regular season, preseason, playoffs. Who the fuck cares what it is? They never win in Saskatchewan. Uh, never do uh and uh that's that bothers me but uh nevertheless yes they are hosting it uh they'll put on a great show uh, you just know they will and of course hamilton hosted the gray cup and i was involved in all the festivities for the week they did lots of events they did lots of you know they did lots of you know drinking events which is my 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 kind of thing right there uh and definitely it was a lot of fun leading up to the uh gray cup for sure so uh it'll be a great party that they put on so uh, favorite team growing up now you're in Saskatchewan. So I guess this could go a bunch of different ways, you know, in terms of who you might've been cheering for NHL with NHL team, you might've been uh, rooting for growing up. Who was it?
0: Uh, Calgary. You know what? I kind of switched from Edmonton to Calgary. um,
1: Oh, traitor. (laughs) (laughs) The Oilers fans would call you that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I loved Ryan Smith um, when I was like, pretty young and kind of those those days for the Oilers when they were when they were going to the cup and I just kind of I didn't have I know I wasn't a diehard one team or the other some you know people from here have to kind of just choose typically one Canadian team from I have friends that are Habs fans or Leafs fans or you know Canucks even like it doesn't even doesn't even have to be the closest team so um, but yeah I, I think I would probably just say like the Oilers and then once i was kind of drafted to the hitmen and just kind of being around the flames and stuff i just started to root for them, you know, a little bit more and um, being around those guys
1: that's solid reasoning. I, you can't hate on that. i mean, you're you're playing for the hitmen. you're in the saddle dome. you know, you're around the flames organization because they both share that building yeah. throughout the hockey season. so, you know, it makes sense. Uh, why you ended up? Hey, let's cheer for Calgary here. I'm so ingratiated uh, with the uh, city uh, and with the uh, the, the dome obviously the uh, venue. So you know, it made perfect sense then for you to be cheering for the uh, Flames. Hopefully, your the, the fan, the friends of yours, and relatives and family and all that that are big Oilers fans have forgiven you. Uh, yeah, for uh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, they have. Uh, all right, great stuff. Uh, let's uh, let's talk some NHL. I mean, we've got um. Definitely uh, a situation here where we got a series again between the Rangers and the Lightning. Of course, they played game four last night, and when you look at the way that game unfolded, Tampa Bay seems to be getting better and seems to be getting stronger uh, as this series goes on. They obviously dropped the first two games at Madison Square Garden. Uh, I thought in game three, they they obviously deserved to win game three. It was much more difficult than maybe it should have been. They had 50-plus shots on goal, but You know, Igor Shesterkin was outstanding, kept them in the game, uh, and they finally got the uh, game-winning goal in the final minute uh, of the third period, courtesy of Andre Palat, who's absolutely on fire right now, uh, especially on home ice, and he got three points last night for Tampa Bay uh, in the Game 4 victory. You'll look at the shots on goal Calder last night, and you'll see that the shots on goal were pretty even for the game, but if you really watch that game, it didn't feel like a lot of the Rangers' shots and opportunities that they had on Andre Vasilevsky were all that threatening. They didn't feel like they were there were a ton of high danger chances and a ton of great looks for them. Uh, I thought it was a very well defended game, clinical defensive effort, in my opinion, from the Tampa Bay Lightning. It really looked a lot like the way the Tampa Bay Lightning defended against Florida, you know, in that four-game sweep in the second round against the Panthers, where it was just a smothering team defensive effort. They just really didn't let anyone get a, a really good shot opportunity, a chance on net. There was blocked shots left and right. How difficult was it last night for the Rangers to get one damn puck to the net? I mean, it was. I mean, it was It was a shooting. It was a blocked shot brigade once again for the uh, Lightning, Sergachev and Hedman, uh, and the forward. Sorelli is just an incredibly good defensive forward. And they said it multiple times on the uh, broadcast last night, and they couldn't have been more right. Uh, his defensive game has been absolutely terrific, and look, Sabanajad got shut down for a change. He had been doing a lot of damage in this series. Kreider was pretty quiet. I know Panarin got the late goal, but you know it was already a comfortable 3-0 lead uh, for Tampa Bay at the time. Uh, it was just a, a great defensive effort, and the best Rangers players were pretty much shut down. And then you look on the flip side, Calder, what Tampa Bay's best players did, three points for Palat another goal for Nikita Kucherov, another goal for Steven Stamkos. Uh, And as a result, look, Rangers' best players got shut down. Tampa Bay's best players all factored in to the goals they scored. And, and of course, Vasilevsky was rock solid. And for the first time in this series, you can say he probably outplayed Jesterkin, who they hinted, too, that he might be a little bit tired, you know, after facing 50-plus shots the previous game. There could be some truth to that. But, Calder, what did you think of last night as Tampa Bay ties up the series at 2?
0: Yeah, I think they, I mean, I kind of thought they were going to at least win that game three. Um, And then last night it was kind of a toss up for me, but it's just like they never, they always just find a way. They know exactly the right way to play, obviously winning the last two cups. Then they bring in, you know, guys that just fill these roles so perfectly now, Um, you know, they got rid of Goudreau and Coleman and, you know, that huge energy line that was so good for him in the previous years. And then they have Nick Paul and obviously Patty Maroon's like a good addition. And they, and their Stamkos looks as good to me as he ever has. Like it's kind of, you know, he's playing the way he did before um, he had a couple of those big injuries. So I don't know now going back to New York, I just feel like Tampa's got their mojo back and that they didn't really have those first two games maybe that didn't go their way and now things are clicking for them i i wouldn't be surprised if they they win the next two and and uh you know play colorado in the finals
1: yeah i mean right now when you look at the last two games you really think that's got a good chance of happening uh, like but
0: if was- new york won last night obviously i would you know it's a way different series and stuff but it's yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, there's just, there's two really, really good goalies. And I just think the way um, Tampa just their structure and when they really need to bear down and and play these sort of really intense playoff games, they know exactly how to do it. Plus, like New York's two se- second and third line centers could be out for next game. Like, I know um, Keedle and uh, I'm blanking on the second guy, the second line centers. How about Strom? Yeah, yeah Strom. So if they're missing both those guys, like if you're missing your second and third line centers, that's that's a pretty big uphill climb in its in its own right. So I mean, we'll see. It's it's playoff hockey, and um, yeah, I think it'll probably go Tampa Bay's way now. Just that I think they're they're kind of got on a little bit of a
1: roll. Yeah, it's gonna be a game time decision for Strom uh, day to day. Says Gerard Gallant, they're hopeful he's able to return. A lot, uh, for Thursday night, uh, game five against the uh, Lightning. And as for Philip Hedl, and man, this hurts me uh, that he's injured and may miss time because this has been a goal scorer prop palooza for me. Calder in the playoffs with Philip Hedl. I've been betting this plus 500, plus 450 to him for him to score a goal, and they never adjusted. When he started to heat up offensively at the end of the Carolina series, I caught onto it quickly, and I said, we got to start looking at goal props with Philip Hedl. He's feeling it. He's confident. He's shooting the puck a lot. you know. And it's amazing. When you see the puck go in as a player, don't you say, hey, I'm going to shoot even more now. It's starting to go in for me. And it's just yeah. the confidence. When you can't get out of your own fucking way and you got 115 games or 20 games with without a goal and you don't think you're ever going to score again, you're hesitant. You know, and it's a little bit of a crisis of confidence. Maybe you just don't take the shot when it's there for you. But all of a sudden, when you see the goals piling up for you and you're scoring, uh, and all of a sudden you're seeing the puck go in like Philip Hito has, you're shooting the puck even more because the confidence is there, and that's what he's been doing. He's been terrific. We've been cashing big-plus prices with him with goal-scorer props. So the fact he might miss Game 5 and maybe more than that, that really does hurt the New York Rangers. But do you agree with that concept? Confidence is a funny thing. You're on a 20-game goal-scoring drought. It never feels like you're going to score again. Uh, and then, of course, when you do have a few goals, you know, five goals in three games like Heedle had, it seems like I hey, shoot the puck more because I've got that confidence, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's the same, I think, with every player. I, I, you try and, and not go, obviously, with two long streaks without a goal. But when it, it happens, you know, to every guy and when you're just, things aren't clicking for you and you haven't found the net in 10 games or something, it's. It's, you just don't have that same mojo and confidence and, um, you know, you're, you're just almost gripping your stick too tight and worried about shit that you shouldn't be worried about. And then when things, as soon as you score that one goal, it's just like, you're back to, you know, playing's just so much easier and things are just coming to you. And it just kind of seems like once you get one, then, you know, another one's going to go off your shin pad and you're going to, you know, however it's going to go and you get, you end up getting four goals in the next two games or something like that. And you get on a roll. So it's, it's huge. I mean, that's why you want your, your big guys to get a couple points early in series to, to, uh, you know, have that confidence and, and, you know, just driving your team. And then obviously with Tampa, they got their, they got that fourth line. They all have like five goals too. So like that helps a lot.
1: But. No, it definitely does. And again, definitely important. To monitor uh, the status of Philip Hedel going into game five it's you know he's been terrific uh, again I'll, I'll, I'll once again remind everybody what he's done he, he scored five goals uh, in the last uh, six games now he did quiet off quiet down a little bit in Tampa Bay he had uh, no goals in game three uh, no points in game but again game four is uh play in that game was cut short seven minutes on the ice when he saw before he suffered that injury so uh, he It's a big loss because they had finally gotten that the kid line has grown up. I think one of the announcers said that uh, throughout the uh, Rangers playoff run so far uh, that Hedeau, Lafreniere, and Kako, you know, have really started. You know, they're now multiple, many playoff games under their belt. They know what it takes. They know you've got to drive it into another gear you know, at Stanley Cup playoff time, and they've played very well. There's no question about that for the uh, Rangers, uh, and it's definitely been maturity and growth uh, from those three players uh, in particular. Um, I, now, I've mentioned this many times before. I'll get your thoughts on it. I, I don't like it when I see, I see stuff from earlier this year saying Lafreniere, you know, a bust already. There's people just already ruling that as the uh, final verdict on Alexi Lafreniere's career you know, that he's a bust. Are we, uh, come on now, I know he's a number one overall pick, but are we all expecting every number one overall pick to be like Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid in year one? I mean, that is totally unrealistic. It's totally unfair to say after this short sample size that Alexi Lafreniere can't play at a big time level in the National Hockey League. He's getting better, give him time. I have no doubt in my mind, Alexi Lafreniere in a year or two, you watch now, uh, and, and I like that he's got a little gumption, as Darren Pang would say, uh, in his game. You know, he'll push back. He, you know, he, he'll get in scrums. He'll get his nose dirty. He'll stick up for teammates. He won't back down from physical play. You know, that element of Alexi Lafreniere's game, I think, has really gotten better uh, as well. So I hate that shit. I mean, calm down. I mean, we can't, can we all, be, we can't all be McDavid in year one where we're, you know, lighting it up and just lead uh, in top five in scoring uh, in the National Hockey League. Sometimes guys need a little bit of time and we need to be, as fans and observers, we need to be a little bit patient, right?
0: I agree. I, I don't, like, yeah, some guys take longer to adjust and develop. And I mean, it's it's different for each guy. And you have the, you know, the rare occasions of the Matthews and McDavid's and teams are super lucky to be able to, to have the first overalls when those guys are, are there. But like, I think, you know, it doesn't really matter if if it takes you a few extra years to develop and kind of learn how what works, what's not working. Um, it's just one of those things. People get way too horny to just jump on guys when they're when they're not doing well right off the gates. I I completely agree.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, give them time. You know, give them, a, and that's exactly. And uh, you're seeing improvement, which I, I love to see. That uh, you're seeing this. Uh, him get better. You're seeing what a you know improvement from uh, Philip Heedle, obviously, uh, and what a playoffs he's had. That whole line. I mean, that whole line's been effective all throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Pittsburgh series, the Carolina series, uh, and now it's carried over into this round as well against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, not so much the last two games, but now they're going back home to the uh, cozy confines of Madison Square Garden, uh, the world's most famous arena for Game Five. And, and you watch. You know, there'll probably be more of an impact. Uh, there in the at uh, back home because uh, definitely that line was good. And I would expect probably a little bit better from uh, the big guns as well as advantage Jad and Kreider once that C- series shifts to back to New York uh, tomorrow night. Speaking of which, of course, Calder's just on today uh, as our special guest. So we'll get his thoughts right now on game five uh, tomorrow night with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Rangers. We've got Tampa Bay minus one thirty. Road favorites here in game five. The total is five and a half, and it is shaded to the under at minus 140, minus 145, if you like, under five and a half in some books uh, right now. Uh, So you're definitely not getting a a bargain uh, by any stretch of the imagination uh, with that. Uh, I'm actually surprised they didn't lower it to five because it's gotten to the point now where I think they want to lower that the total uh, to five, you know, after three consecutive unders. Uh, in this series, and the, obviously you're t- talking about the probably the best two goalies left. They are the best two goalies left in the playoffs, uh, Shesterkin and Vasilevsky, who have been phenomenal uh, throughout these playoffs. So I'm a little bit surprised the total's still 5.5, but uh, I, I would only look under again. I mean, I said that this series would be low scoring. The only game I took over 5.5 uh, goals in Calder was game one, and I had a specific reason for doing that, the layoff for Tampa Bay nine days off doesn't do you feel as a player that leads to sloppy play that leads to mistakes with the puck that leads to defensive breakdowns communication issues yeah. we have been sitting around for nine days because that's what I thought we saw from Tampa Bay especially in game one and it led to a higher scoring game
0: yeah I mean it's always the it's always kind of the narrative when you have a team that has eight days off and the team that's just come off a seven game series and jumping right back into it if it's which team is going to kind of benefit from their situation. So I think, yeah, that's, that's a smart play by you to, you know, teams can easily come out a little bit lackadaisical or unorganized for the, for the first game after being off for a week. So um, I think for this, like betting right here, I, I mean, for me, I would just, yeah, I, I agree with you. I would probably take the under, I, I don't usually bet the unders, but um I'll probably just look at more of a couple prop bets or something and see what I can get some good odds on.
1: You're preaching to the choir there, Calder, about the unders. I don't bet unders hardly at all. Like I would say, 98% of my totals are overs. It to the two percent that are unders, it's got to be like something that's super strong. I really think, wow, this is a stone cold under. Uh, this is a really really strong positive expectation betting situation to take the under, and if it's not then I don't take an under and here's why. First of all, I've had horse shit results, horse shit with unders, uh, for my, my decade career now as a sports and handicapper full-time. I've just had terrible results Calder, and it does not fucking matter what sport football, basketball, baseball, hockey, hell UFC fights. I'll take the under in a UFC fight and they're just, nobody's, you know, there's not enough action going on. There's just lots of Matt-based shit going on, and no one's really – or someone's got a chance to knock someone out, and the referee doesn't stop it. Something will keep me somehow from cashing an under. It's just I've had a perennial bad results, and I can't explain why. I don't change my process. I think my process makes sense. I think when I'm looking at each game or each whatever the case may be in every sport, the under makes sense in a lot of these games, and yet somehow, some way, it doesn't pan out you know, 90% of the time. So it's bad results I've had, bad luck I've had with unders, combo with both. And the second thing is it's difficult to, to root for an under these days when every league is trying – you know what they're doing. They're changing the rules. They're tweaking the rules. And why are they doing that? To benefit offense, to improve offense. Look what the CFL's even doing it, you know, with the hash marks and, and the way they're putting those on the field this year. And 15 yards now for every no yards penalty. In the CFL, look at NFL. You, you can't even breathe on someone as a defensive back or someone in the secondary anymore. On a receiver, the flag's going to get thrown. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. I mean, they're trying to do make every single advantage uh, and give every edge to the offenses across the board. You know, NBA now even you know touch fouls. NHL, you can't even do interference anymore in front. Of, you can't even have a stick battle in front of the net anymore. You can't cross check someone in front of the net anymore. That's the real big change they made going into this year. They're calling every cross check right in front of the net. They'd let those little one-on-one tough, physical, hard-nosed battles go in front of the net for decades. I've watched hockey for thirty-plus years now. I'm thirty-seven later this year. I've watched hockey for over thirty-plus years, and for, throughout my whole lifetime, I've been accustomed to seeing these hard, tough one-on-one battles. Where hey, if I'm going to stick, you know, cross check a guy a couple of times to create space, I'll do it because it won't get called. Now it's getting called every time. So right. again, more power plays leads to more goals and more offense. It's across the board. So as a result, you know, unders are not not for me. Sorry. With combine the results of what of unders for me over the years and everything that the leagues are doing to create more scoring, I just stay away from it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm not really sure on my bets coming up for this game, but yeah, I think it'll probably be a couple prop bets and.
1: Um, which players are you targeting? I mean, Rangers and Lightning, if you had to look at it, who do you think is going to hit the score sheet, score some goals, get a couple of points? Like I really targeted on targeted Andre Pilat last yeah. night for Tampa Bay because he has been a point-scoring machine at home. Uh, I ended up with a couple of Rangers power play points props, and just conceptually for me, Rangers, if you like the Rangers to score, a lot of the damage they've been doing lately is with the power play. Right. Yeah. So if you can, Aaron. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think uh, on the same side of it for Tampa, I like uh, Corey Perry. And he had a couple really good when they go over to from the top, from Hedman down to Cooch, and he does that little bump play to Perry in the slot. Yeah. And he had a couple really, really good looks last game.
1: It's going to go in at some point.
0: Yeah. So I think that'd probably be someone I would look to um, for this upcoming game. Um, and then, like, I think, I don't know if Sorelli scored um, in the last few, but, like, he's, I think he's doing pretty well, and you can usually get, um, you know, pretty good odds for him. Obviously, like, the big guys, Stamkos is rolling and and Cooch, But, um, yeah, I'd probably say Sorelli and Perry for Tampa. And then um, for New York, I mean, I don't even know. It's tough to say, like. I would probably if you're just looking at the power play, like
1: I think you got to look at DJ Z bands uh, for sure. Uh, for the New York Rangers to more, you're like looking at me as, like, are you nuts? Are you mental? I when I said that, that's either. because of Banajad his alias is DJ Z bands. He was DJing in nightclubs when he played for Ottawa years ago, according to a friend of mine, he would see him yeah. in the nightclubs. Of- I thought they got
0: a new player there for a second. I was like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I mean,
1: DJ Z Band. That's his DJ name. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's definitely a good bet. I just, yeah, for me, I go for a little bit more, a little bit more value. I don't even know what his, his would be. Um, but yeah, I think if the Rangers are, are going to win, I, um, you know, they're, they're going to need to get rolling on their power play, but also like even strength. Like Tampa's just kind of, you know, out shooting them. And, um, it's kind of this, like the special teams is so important nowadays, but you really got to just find a way to score a couple five-on-five goals, I think, if if the Rangers are going to win, um, if they're going to win game five and, and have a chance.
1: Yeah, five-on-five five is always, you know, last night, we, you know, we saw it perfectly. No five-on-five five offense. What happened in game three, Calder on Sunday afternoon? They scored two goals, but both on the power plate. So, again, no five-on-five offense, no even strength offense.
0: Kreider could – I mean, he's – you know, if – who's in front of the net on New York's power play? I don't even – is it Kreider or –
1: Kreider's the closest they've got to someone. Like, if you look at their their power play unit distribution – uh, Frank Vitrano's is good like that too. Like Frank Vitrano plays that uh, power plan. By the way, what a great scrap him last night with Brandon Hagel. Yeah, I love seeing that. spontaneous. Be. We've been under each other's skin, you know, and battling, you know, one on head to head for most of the game. We're just going to drop the gloves here and get it over with. I've had enough of you. You've had enough of me. Let's go. Yeah. I love those awesome spontaneous. Team. Yeah. yeah, I-, I love those spontaneous fights just like that. It's just, you know. We're we're battling our, against each other here. We're going to finally drop down. Rick Flair, who was in attendance, they showed the camera yeah. on him after that fight. You knew he'd love that professional wrestler for decades, and was I, I, he was in WWE when I actually thought WWE was good, which to me it isn't anymore.
0: Was that his wife sitting next to him? Do you know?
1: That's was a good really? question. We were all wondering who's the She's who's chick with him. Sure. Maybe even less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I wish I knew, but uh, yeah, she, she was a nice sight. Uh, I know that for sure, but uh, yeah, nevertheless, it was great to see. You. And he's a, he lives in Tampa Bay. One of his homes is in Tampa Bay. So he, that's why he's a lightning fan. Uh, so I think he's a light, but I don't know how it works when it's Carolina versus Tampa Bay, you know, uh, like it's been in the past where, hold on now, uh, Carolina, you know, is, uh, is his home, like his home state. Ric Flair's Carolina, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. So who's he cheer for then? You got to, you know, you got to decide. You can't cheer for both.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Well, he's got it easy right now. He's got it easy for Tampa. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that fight was actually because it—it's nice to see guys that don't normally scrap. Like, um, you know, you wouldn't ever really expect those two guys to fight. So, I mean, I think that's that just shows the competitiveness and how how hard guys are playing and how badly they want it and just the, emo- the raw emotions of the game so um yeah i loved seeing that that was fun and then you know them just continuing to to uh give it to each other in the penalty box too it's it's i, I wish yeah i guess they can't have can't have mics in there but you can kind of read some lips so that's all right
1: Yep. If you're a lip reader, you can you, you can get, get some really good shit from the uh, smack talking and the chirping going on uh, in between uh, the penalty box for a lot of players after they come off the ice from a fight. Uh, no question. So uh, yeah, but, but you're right. I mean, I'm gonna sp- save a lot of my uh, thoughts and analysis on the game for tomorrow when we're on the show because that'll be the day of the game. but'm I'm, I'm looking at ring- I'm looking at like I said, DJC DJcpens, uh, Mika band Jad. Uh, I think he bounces back. He's been great at home. I think him to score not only a goal or a point, but a power play point for specifically, because you can bet that at like a plus 160 type of price or even Adam Fox power play point, you know, not just him to get a point, which you got to pay a, a big price for just to get a point. This would be like minus 160 or 70 for Fox, but you can get him to get a power play point specifically at like plus 160, plus 150. Get a yeah. much better price on that, and you said to me off the air, "You're a plus price shopper, if you will." Yeah. Well, like I like the little defense. value. I
0: gotta, I gotta, uh, I just kind of sprinkle the outfield with some bets and do some, do some weird shit, really, and whatever. I'm kind of banking on that night. I'll, I'll throw down a little cash on it, but yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't really looked a ton into into tomorrow night's game, but that's. Probably what I'll lean towards is just the just a couple props of guys scoring goal anytime goal scores or yep. what I actually saw the other day too was you can bet the I didn't even know you can bet like the actual score of whatever team wins so like last night you could have bet that Tampa is going to win four to one and you can get some really good obviously it's the chances are <laughs> a lot lower which is why you get the value but um, I might do that even for. Um, for tomorrow night's game or even when, when they're back in Tampa because I just think – I think Tampa's for sure going to win at home. I have no idea about tomorrow night, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, it is. So that, that's a good That's a good strategy, and I like that. You've got a game plan. You've got a strategy. You've got a game flow in mind, a game script, if you will. I find in the playoffs you got to have something like that in mind because it's the only game – it's not like in the regular season where you've got 10 games to choose from. And there's always going to be this side, this total, uh, that stands out, and there's going to be like a handful of good bets side and total during a regular season night uh, in the NHL. It's not that way in the playoffs. So if you're and the, and it's tougher, you know, to really look at it from a series standpoint when the same two teams are playing each other four, five, six, seven times in a row. So you've got to get creative. You got to say, okay, I think this team will come out strong. The other team won't. But then maybe the other team bounces back, pushes back, wins the game later that kind of thing and certainly prop wise you know take a look at uh, you know recent form i like players that play well in the regular season don't get me wrong but a lot of the times the props that i bet i want players that are getting it done right now for yeah. me uh, in the playoffs yeah. i don't care what they did i don't care they had 15 goals in the month of october i could i don't give two shits about that yeah. now that we're talking june 8th here in the playoffs i want playoff production and I think that's something I want to really uh, – it should be obvious, but just in case it isn't because we have people that watch the show they are just getting into betting for the first time. Uh, and I always say that at playoff time, give me the playoff performers. Give me the players that elevate at this time of year. I I, I don't care what they did at this uh, in October and November, not when it comes to June playoff hockey.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. I'm just thinking, too, I think I'm probably going to hammer the over on – game one of the finals, like whoever Colorado ends up playing.
1: I like where you're going there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, even if they start, if Kemper's back, I have no idea what their goalie situation is, but, um, if he's back, he hasn't played for a very long time in, in playoff terms. And then their other goalie, Fran I don't know if that's how you say it, but, uh, close,
1: Fran you were close though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It used
1: to be Fran but, uh, uh he he wanted it Fransos, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so i mean either one of them hasn't played in a while and then um i just think like colorado is obviously a high scoring team and um if they whoever they play here i think it could just be uh i'm i think that's probably the only one that i'm feeling good about in the finals i have no idea for for tomorrow night but yeah
1: i i don't want to sl- slander the rangers cuz to be honest a colorado new york rangers series would be pretty good too But if it's Colorado-Tampa Bay, I mean, think about the storylines. Think about that you've got the two-time defending champs who have been there and done that now back-to-back years, going for a third straight Stanley Cup, going for a potential dynasty, you know, if they win this year, against a team that's got the talent and longevity of this core group, Colorado, being together long enough that they could win multiple Stanley Cups. You know, that's how good they could be for a very long time. That is a storyline that match up a headline storyline for the Stanley cup final. That is a dream scenario for any hockey savant as far as I'm concerned.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I don't think Colorado is going to lose to whoever wins this series out of New York and Tampa. I just think the Abs are, are so solid and skilled and it's just, I, I just can't see them really losing, but I mean, you never know. Um, obviously Tampa's, knows what they need to do they've won the last two years and then new york's a great team too and they both have you know the two top goalies in the league so that always gives you a chance no matter what every night when you have that so yeah i'm I'm excited i think it's this is the most hockey i've watched in quite a while i don't watch a ton of games during the season I kind of stay away from it a little bit um but yeah it's been it's been really fun to watch
1: Absolutely. So that's what. That's why. If we bring you back, we'll remember you're a playoff guy when it comes to uh, watching the uh, the NHL. But it is a great time of year. There's no question. The NHL regular season can drag a little bit. There's no question, uh, and every game doesn't have that you know utmost uh, importance. Just in terms of you know back against the wall urgency, if you will. You know, it's not a sense of urgency every single night during an 82 game regular season. So. Uh, that's the major difference, obviously, regular season of playoffs. And I'm with you on the uh, thought process with over the total game one uh, of the NHL Stanley Cup final, especially now that we know we're getting six games minimum from the Tampa Bay-New York series, which means you're now looking at a Stanley Cup final. It's not going to start till middle of next week. Like, I would be shocked, 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 shocked if this series starts before next Wednesday right. at this point because they usually like to give – both teams a couple days off before they start the stanley cup final including whoever wins tampa bay new york so you're looking at if it starts earliest wednesday as i think it will there's your nine days off essentially uh for the uh, colorado avalanche from when they uh, finished it off against edmonton and that's the same situation that tampa bay it's funny because if tampa bay plays colorado it's like a shoes on the other foot uh situation because Colorado's going to have the layoff now of nine days and have to find a way and to figure it out, to be sharp and in sync and crisp in game one, something Tampa Bay, I think clearly struggled with against New York in game right. one of this Eastern conference final.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for, uh, for it. We We're a few of us uh, were thinking about driving, driving down to Colorado. We'll see. You never know, but um yeah, if if, if Ryan no, no thinking, no football. thinking, Calder, no
1: thinking, do it. Well, there do wouldn't it.
0: be, uh, yes. there would be no thinking if if uh, Ryan was playing, but we'll see, uh, see what happens here. You never know.
1: Yeah, you're right. Oh, by the way, mention that, mention Ryan Murray a little bit because I don't, I, I think you mentioned that off air to me, but yeah, talk about you know Ryan Murray. Well, he's basically seventh defenseman right now for the uh, Colorado. He might be the guy that actually comes into the lineup next if they get uh, someone else gets injured. Uh, on that blue line because they had Jack Johnson take the place of Samuel Gerrard when he had the broken sternum uh, that he suffered in the last round. Uh, But uh, Ryan Murray might be next man up, you know, if there's another injury on that blue line. So talk about your uh, friendship with uh, Ryan.
0: Yeah. um, He's him. And I grew up, uh, we're from the same, same little small town, just outside Regina and uh, yeah, played together. He's a year older than I am. So we um, played together every second year, kind of, growing up and then, um, yeah, he's just, uh, him and I have, have grown to be really good friends and uh, he's made a, a good career so far for himself in the NHL. This is his eighth season and um, his first time ever being in this situation of going to a, a cup finals and having a chance to to win a Stanley Cup. So, yeah, we're uh, we're pretty happy for him and obviously it'd be, um, you know, a lot better if, if he was playing and being able to watch him play. but that's that's the nature of the game and you know he's i know he'll be working hard and staying in shape and doing what he needs to do when you know if he if he gets called upon to go in so um yeah we're excited for him and ultimately uh you know it'd be it'd be pretty cool to have a a cup party here in here in saskatchewan and in a month or two
1: exactly that's what you're interested in get me a ryan murray calder cup stanley cup calder cup
0: yeah, it'd be cool if I could win the Calder Cup. I always kind of wanted to do that.
1: I knew I was going to do that at some point. God damn it, Calder Cup.
0: Yeah, it'd be, you know. That's what I you get for having the first
1: name, Calder, yeah.
0: Yeah, I yeah, know, I know, I get that. I get that. Yeah, yeah no, he's, um, yeah, he's a great guy, and I'm I'm happy for him that he's He's in a position to, to win a Stanley Cup, and, yeah, excited to see uh, who they play here in the finals
1: yeah no no question about that hey if you you scrap your way back to the ahl level calder brooks chance to win the calder cup would be a beautiful thing that would be a great headline if it were to happen in real life uh one day but yeah ryan murray it looks like yeah i would think that jared bednar is going to end up putting him in the lineup if someone else gets hurt because i think he's next it's either him or mcdermott depends on if they want a little more you know muscle and someone to you know patrol the uh uh, patrol things out there, which Curtis McDermott can do. He can drop the gloves, drop the flippers, drop the mitts. He's good at the, with that. He plays a physical game. He's not going to let anyone bother McKinnon, uh, Rantanen, Landeskog, McCarr, any of those guys. Not that they can't take care of themselves. They can. I think they all can. They've all shown that ability to push back uh, against opponents that try to play physically against them. But uh, Curtis McDermott, if they wanted a little added muscle, then maybe Bednar goes to him if, say, a defenseman goes down. But they have the option of Murray as well uh, there. So he, he's on the short list, Calder. No question about that in terms of being the next guy in on that blue line if someone else gets hurt.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just think, like, he was injured coming into playoffs and then not having played for so long. I don't think they wanted to put him in in favor of, of uh, is it Jack Johnson or Eric Johnson? I uh,
1: Jack. Jack. er, er, Eric is already a regular of the starting six like he's 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 every he's in the game as long uh, every he's in every game as long as he's not injured Jack Johnson's a bit more of a six seven guy uh, on this team yep
0: yeah so I mean who knows if if Ryan was healthy coming into playoffs maybe he's playing every game but that's to that's kind of hearsay so yeah you never know
1: Yeah, I wish uh, I wish him well, Ryan, uh, because like I say, he's had a lot of injuries. He's had a lot of setbacks uh, in the past. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, when you're with Colorado, it is what it is. I mean, there's some teams where you're like a healthy scratch as a defenseman. And it's like, what the fuck? I can play better than some of these stiffs can. What the fuck is going on here? But when you're with Colorado, you know, it's just you got to deal with it because they're just absolutely loaded, you know, on the blue line. You got Devon Taves, Kale McCarr, Jack Johnson, Josh Manson bowen byram uh, eric johnson are you kidding me like look at yeah, that I, six I they don't even that. have gerard
0: i know yeah that gerard he's sick too like i love that josh josh manson trade i think that was that was huge he's a solid good right shot d-man um logs a lot of minutes for them so i think that was definitely one of the better pickups
1: yeah no question about that i'll just see if we have some uh uh, chat comments from anyone uh in the chat. We thank you guys for joining us. Cheshire Cat as always and thanks for coming on Calder and doing a great job, he says. And uh uh what else do we see here? Um oh yeah. <laughs> Regina always sounds like Vagina to me. Ha ha ha. Yeah very funny.
0: That's yeah, called the city that we right know where is. your
1: head's at right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah they, they have a good nickname for it here. So yeah. yeah people people that aren't really from uh from Canada have no idea what what I'm really saying, where I'm from, but people in Canada usually, uh, usually know it's this, it's nicknamed the city that rhymes with fun. So it's, you got that going for us.
1: Absolutely. And uh, we'll wrap it up in a few minutes, but just some, some words on Colorado just overall. Do you like, how, What do you think of this team overall? How much fun do you have watching them? Do you think they're winning the Stanley Cup regardless of who they play, Tampa Bay or New York? Uh, just talk a little about this Colorado Avalanche team because, man, you talk about four years in a row of failing in the second round. Well, they look like they've learned from it, and they look like they're ready to complete the mission, aren't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they're going to win the Stanley Cup, um, you know, no matter who they play. I just... They just have such a deep team that, I mean, you got, you got the Darren Helm and Andrew Coglianos and stuff. I forgot they're even
1: playing been great NHL players, resourceful yeah. and important NHL players for a very long time now.
0: Yeah. They're super, super important. And, um, yeah, it's just, they got the, the best D I think. Um, like my is just as just a complete stud and, um, they got those guys up front that are that are superstars that play a very, like McKinnon and Landeskog and Ratnan are all, you know, talented beyond belief, but they, they're able to play a very hard, you know, kind of uh, playoff style hockey game. that it just suits them. And I think they're just due. I think it's their year to win. Um, yeah. It's probably going to be a really good series. It, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go six or seven with, New York or Tampa, but I just think Colorado will pull through and, um, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping they do.
1: Absolutely. It, uh, I, I am too. I got to admit, and I'm not, I try to be a black heart when it comes to fandom. Like I grew up a Sabres fan and even then I'm not like a hardcore Sabres fan. I'm trying to put myself in a spot where fandom can go to hell. I'm a better, uh, I, I'm going to cheer for the team that's going to put money in my pocket you know that that that's kind of what I've gotten into in the last 10 years and I try not to you know be have that emotional attachment emotional investment as a fan to many of these teams across the board there's one team I still have a true year in year out undying unwavering love for and a fan investment emotional investment in the team behind me here Hamilton Tiecats CFL cool. I'm a season ticket holder too I think it obviously that changes things too when you go right. to every game you're there and you're invested em- mentally emotionally financially uh, in the team uh, and you end up wanting them to do well whereas uh, hockey like I said and the other sports uh, like I said I'm not season ticket holders for the, as much as I love the Sabers growing up cuz of Rick Generette. You know, la 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 yeah. Fontaine. Yeah, yeah, I mean I loved them. That's what made you me see. More
0: of those, uh we need more of those type of announcers that are yeah. like the Pittsburgh guy was awesome the way he has some of the Crosby's calls and yeah, the Buffalo guy was good. It's it's fun. I think that's a big part of the game is is those kind of those announcers that just go like above and beyond and have such a distinct taste on on how they call the games.
1: And they love their team. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll just go nuts every time their team, like Dave Michigan, the radio voice of the lightning, that's really nuts how he goes when they score a goal, but Mm. it is, and it's actually even funnier to watch what he looks like in the booth as he's calling a big Tampa Bay lightning goal. Uh, It's just, he's like, he looks like he's going to have a heart attack in the booth, but those are the best broadcasters. I, like the, I agree, the ones that have that energy and that passion. But, you know, I try not to get too attached from a fan standpoint these days. But uh, I am going to be a fan for at least the next few weeks for the Colorado Avalanche because I would like to see them do it. They've been close. They've had a good enough team to win the Stanley Cup for the last four years. And they have another one that's good enough. And I think they're finally ready maybe to get it done. And it would be great, obviously, to see it happen. Uh, Calder, this was an awesome stuff. Great job, you're fun, uh, fun guest. Uh, they have, all of our guests have been great, by the way, uh, on the show. So we appreciate it. Uh, we'll give you a chance. Think about it. We got best bet segment coming up to wrap up the show, Calder. So give it some thought. Uh, something you'd be interested in, obviously, from the game tomorrow night, Rangers and Lightning. But before we get to that, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL, reminding you that new customers can bet just one dollar on any NHL team, get $150 in free bets if they win. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy hockey contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings app, sign up for an account. You Use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, get $150 in free bets. If they win, that's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, must be 21 years of age or older, must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state restrictions apply or province restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. All right. Best bets to wrap it up here for this Wednesday edition of the Ice Guys. All right, uh, Calder, what interests you the most? Best pick, strongest opinion. What have you got for game five as of right now, Eastern Conference Final tomorrow night with the Lightning and the Rangers?
0: Um, well, I was just looking here to see what kind of odds there are in some things. But I think I'm going to go with uh, Corey Perry, anytime goal scorer. I don't know what the odds are going to be for that, but I hopefully you get some really good value on that. And I would probably, if I'm just going to bet a winner, um, kind of puck line, I'd probably take Tampa. I think it might be, uh, it might be a three, two type game. And then if they get the empty net, they will make it four, two. I think that's kind of going to, going to, how it, how it's going to play out. Sorry. So yeah, I'd say Corey Perry for the, for a goal anytime and Tampa puck line, um, would be my kind of more value-based bets.
1: All right. there. I like it. Uh, how about a, a two-pack, if you will? Uh, Corey, and it will be around plus, I would say, 300, 275 to 300. Is, uh, that's my ballpark estimate uh, what the Corey Perry goal score prop will be uh, tomorrow night. So liking that. And you're right. I think he's due probably to find the back of the net. He's had a bunch of chances. I think it's going to end up happening at some point. Will it happen in New York's the question? And you like Tampa Bay, though, to end this eight-game home winning streak in the playoffs for the uh, New York Rangers, who have not lost at Madison Square Garden since game one in overtime against Pittsburgh. The infamous Louis de Ming, uh, spicy pork and broccoli yeah. game. Not good.
0: Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> now, so uh, who knows? I mean... <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> that was a hilarious interview. Great job. Emily Kaplan's phenomenal, by the way, on ESPN with those interviews. She's done a Absolutely outstanding job uh, all season long. One of the best at that role, you know, doing the interviews with the players, I think. Uh, Great job, Emily. Uh, And she got that great quote from uh, Louis Doming in uh, game one with the uh, Penguins. But so there you go. Corey Perry, plus 300 goal score. And also Tampa Bay puck line, which is minus one and a half. And you can get that at plus 190 to plus 200 uh, is the price with that. Uh, Tampa Bay puck line for Calder Brooks. Couple of best bets for Thursday night. My best bet, look, I'm going to save the uh, best bet for the Lightning and the Rangers game for, until tomorrow on that show. So I'm going to give you a different sport. I don't you know, I want to give you a, one best bet. It's part of the show. I'm going to give you a NBA best bet. We got NBA Finals Game 3 tonight. Uh, I'm going to play it safe and lay a buck 48, which is the current money line price at bet online. A couple books have it a little bit below -150 for Boston Celtics money line. I'm laying the price on the money line with Boston. What else can you say? They have not lost two games in a row here in the NBA playoffs. They've been the ultimate bounce-back team. Uh, I expect to see that once again tonight at home in Game 3 against the uh, Golden State Warriors. They've been terrific off a loss, uh, and I would expect more of the same here. Keep in mind, Golden State defensively was terrific in Game 2. They forced a ton of Celtics turnovers. That really helped them. Uh, Boston's capable of – these are correctable mistakes – you know, for the Boston Celtics. And I expect them to be a lot better here tonight in game three back home in what I think is going to be a back-and-forth type of series. Wouldn't surprise me to see the NBA Finals go seven games. So Boston Celtics money line for me, minus 148 for a rare non-hockey best bet here on the uh, Ice Guys show since we've got no NHL games today. Uh, Awesome stuff from our special guest, uh, Calder Brooks. Calder, final thoughts from you and some final words before we uh, wrap this thing up.
0: No I uh, thank you very much for having me on. I it was, uh, it was a lot of fun and yeah I'm, I'm excited to see these next few games here coming up to see who Colorado is going to face uh, in the playoffs and, and uh, all the best to, to you and your and your bets going forward. hopefully we can make a little cash.
1: No, absolutely. That's always the goal, Uh, help, uh, you know, we want to profit. We want to help the viewers and the listeners do the same as well. No question about that. All right, great stuff, great show. Hit the like button on the way out. The Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For our special guest, Calder Brooks, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday. It's a double dip of the Ice Guys tomorrow. We've got the Daily Show, 2 p.m. Eastern. Nate Rapinski is our special guest tomorrow. And we'll be back with the Ice Guys Betcast, 8 p.m. Eastern for Game 5 Eastern Conference Final tomorrow night. Uh, So join us for that and send me a DM if you want to join us on the Betcast during that lightning rangers game five tomorrow night have a great wednesday and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on thursday for another edition of the ice guys presented by the hockey podcast network